All new Dr. Phil. How to get a guy to say, I do. He swore he'd marry her if they lasted five happy years. We're at six and a half. How long do I wait? But. He said he told you that to shut you up. His exes left him terrified of commitment. I can't take that next step. Why would you not honor her with that commitment? Haven't you figured out that I'm worthy of being married? What will happen? Are you willing to lose her? When Dr. Phil calls this bachelor's bluff. If you could just snap your fingers and just get married right now, are you willing to marry her? Will he say I do right on stage? Is there a pastor in the house? This is going to be a changing day in your life. I know things are tough out there, but we can do this. Here we go. I want you to get excited about your life. Four, get ready, three. See. Let's do it. All right. Well, here, here's the fairy tale, right? Boy meets girl, fall in love, have a beautiful wedding, and live happily ever after. The dream can become a nightmare, right? And what is it about the word commitment that drives some people just crazy? Guys avoid the topic like it's the plague. And you know, women say, uh, can we talk about commitment here? Yeah, as soon as I get out of the witness protection program. <laughs> women crave it, they chase it, they dream of the day when their man vows forever to be committed and for better or worse. Well, today you're gonna meet a woman who's been married not once, not twice, seven times. We're gonna learn what went wrong seven times. And is there anything we can do that would make eight, if it happens, work? But first, Amber and Rich say they're having commitment issues of their own. They live together, have children together, they work together, and they're happy. Now, Rich sold Amber on what he calls his five-year plan, that if all was well, he would marry her in, well, five years. It's been six and a half. Take a look. Rich's excuses for not getting married would be, I'm being unrealistic, it costs too much money, he's already committed. I had a deal with Amber, a five-year plan. If we had made it five years and everything was as well as it was then, I would marry her. And here it is six and a half years later. We joke about the five-year plan, but really, the core of me, it hurts. And he knows that. I avoid the conversation and change the subject. I know that Amber wants to get married, and right now we're doing what I want, and I'm not giving in at all to what she wants. That's very selfish. My biggest fear is going the rest of my life being a quote-unquote roommate or a girlfriend and not technically being married. I don't think I have a commitment issue with Amber. I feel I'm fully committed to her. We just don't have the document. I have always, always been the hopeless romantic type, and at this point, I guess you could just say I'm hopeless. <laughs> Well, Rich says he has a few reasons holding him back. Two that come to mind are his divorce number one and number two. 
I've been married twice and Amber's been married once. My issue with making the ultimate commitment to Amber is I've had past experiences that were bad. I built a barrier around me that not too many people get in. There's no pole vaulting over his wall. Honestly, I don't know what it would take for him to let that guard down. It's very unfortunate that Amber has to pay for the way I feel about marriage. She deserves to have that commitment made to her. I don't blame Rich for having these feelings, but at the same time, I don't feel that it's fair that I'm being judged for somebody else's mistakes. My biggest fear is that the marriage will go sour. I'm hoping Dr. Field can give me that push to make that commitment to Amber. Oh, I can give you a push. <laughs> I can give you a push. You heard David Letterman just got married. And on his top 10 list, it was top 10 reasons I finally got married. And number five was so I don't have to take any more crap from that quack Dr. Phil. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> I've been giving him hell about that. Okay, let, can I, mind if I probe this just a little bit? I mean, just, I just have some clinical-based questions. Okay. Are you nuts? <laughs> Look at this girl. I know. Are you, I mean, she's gorgeous. She's got a great personality. She's got a great sense of humor. And what happened at the five-year mark? You waited five years. Come on. You know, and I thought that was fair. I've been married before. And so I thought, well, I don't want to be rushing into anything anyways, you know. But um, we're at six and a half. So well, that's what I'm saying. how, how five, long do I wait? So you waited five years, and it came to the five-year mark. What was the conversation that day? <laughs> now what? And what did you say? Um, I pretty much avoided the conversation. Yeah. And you allowed that to happen? I do. So you teach people how to treat you. You get that, right? I know. If you knew that he was never going to marry you, that he just said, you know, I just, I will not honor you with the vow, how long would you stay in this? The problem is, he's a great guy. And if he wasn't such a wonderful person, I respect his fears, but then after a certain point, it's like, when, when do you realize I mean, when do you get over that fear of knowing and the security of knowing that I'm a good person? You know, I'm not any comparison to those women, not even close. But you're doing time for them. I am doing time for them, and it, it's bothersome. What if I came to you and said, you know, a guy up the street robbed a 7-Eleven. He got the stuff. He's got a whole box of Twinkies he ran out the door with. <laughs> but you, I'm going to take you down to the jailhouse, and you're going to do time for the boy. What would you think about that? I would think you're crazy. Okay, but you're asking her to do time for these two women you were married to before. I'm just asking her to give me a little time to... to... (laughs) (laughs) It's six and a half years. Yeah, I know. Six and a half years. What was it you said? You don't oil a wheel that ain't squeaking? Yeah, I made that comment. (laughs) Yes, you did. You said that? Oh. Yes. Yes, he said that. And he said, you know, these other, he said, I got a good thing going here. He said, I have got a good thing going here. Notice this. Look here. I wrote this down. It's in quotes. We have a good thing, and I don't want to sour it. Did I read that right? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Yeah. See, that's the wrong response, because that, that elicits me repeating it. He said, <laughs> you're saying that, you know, these other women weren't straight with you, right? That's... That's true. Okay, so you don't like lying and all that? And no. Aren't you the liar in this relationship? Yeah. Didn't she say, I will wait patiently five years. I will respect your history. I will respect your baggage. I will expect your need to get past these pains. 
I will do all that for five years because you said five years. Mm -hmm. And you were lying when you said it, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. Because he said he told you that to shut you up. True? And that's what I feel like. I feel like he, yeah. yeah. So that's what we call in legal circles, bait and switch. Yeah. I'm going to bait you with a five-year plan, which I don't know many women who would take that plan, but you found one that loves you <laughs> enough to do it. And then you switched. And you've started to feel like you're just not good enough, right? Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like, you know, by this point, haven't you figured out that I'm worthy of, of uh, commitment? But being, he, being married. He says he's committed, so he doesn't feel like he needs to go that extra step. Yeah. Well, because you don't feel the need, right? I personally don't feel it, but I know that's what she wants, and I would love to be able to help her out, but I have, I have a fear of getting over that. He said, I'm committed, but, and that word but means forget what I just said, I'm now gonna tell you what I really mean. What will it take to get rich down the aisle? Will it ever happen? We'll see next. About two years after being together, Rich told me he wanted to get me a ring, and he loved and valued me, and that was something he wanted to do. Amber's always asked me to get her a promise ring. I finally told her to go pick one out, and there you go. I said, are you kidding? I'm going to go get my own ring? I, I don't know why, but I ended up going and doing it. I went and picked out my own promise ring. <laughs> Well, we're talking about how to get to I do. Now, that was Rich, who says he's afraid of ruining a great relationship by getting married. Rich says he's fully committed to Amber, but, but, he just can't do the marriage thing. Are you willing to lose her? Not at all. Here's the thing about relationships. You can't look at them from just your point of view. You said, hey, it's working for me, but she's in pain. She's starting to feel badly about who she is because she's saying, you know what? This is the best I, I got, right? Mm -hmm. You're the best you can be, mm -hmm. and it's just not enough. She is eroding her self-worth. It's eroding her self-esteem so you can feel comfortable. There's a point at which you'll say enough's enough, right? In my heart, I feel like I'm sacrificing my values, and I, I don't want to leave. He's a... Why would you, but why would you ask her to do that? Why would you ask her to sacrifice her values? I mean, you're already living with her. She's a mother of your children. You love her. You say you won't leave her. So why would you not honor her with that commitment? Be quite honest, I'm pretty scared of being married again. I don't want to go through what I went through. And, and Amber is a whole different caliber of person. Apparently not. No, she is. Because you're treating her like the other two. She's doing time for the other two. I would agree with that, but I, she is a different person, and that's why I'm here, Dr. Phil. I don't know why I can't take that next step. Well, sometimes you just need to do it. You just, you just need to do it. You just need to take that step and say, I, I'm going to do it. I mean, you behave your way to success. So it comes down to, do you want to be selfish for you, or do you want to take a risk for her? I would love to take the risk for her, to keep her, make her happy, fulfill 
the rest of our lives together with a marriage because I know that's what she wants. Well, the other thing too is we, we have children and my eight-year-old is always asking me, Mom, you know, she's from another, she's from my, my first marriage and she, she's always asking, Mom, you know, how come you and Rich aren't married? You know, and I, I don't have an answer to give her. It's embarrassing. And, and my four-year-old now he's saying, you know, how, how come you don't have the same name as me, Mom? And what, what do you say? <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm setting myself up for it, but he's a great guy. This is the only thing. He is, a, he is the man for me. He's perfect in every way. It is just this hang-up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just, yeah, yeah. What's he going to take? You know, she wants a pretty lavish wedding, and I, you know, if we do it, I'd like to give it to her you, that way. You don't way. care about a lavish wedding, no, do you? No, I, I don't. Right. You want a ceremony. You want to write a passage. I had the big wedding. I want something okay. more <clears throat> just him and I, so. If, if you could just snap your fingers and just get married, like, right now, right in this moment in, in California, you would be happy with that? Yes. You don't need, like, doves being no. released and all of that I sort mean, of thing. I mean, a little now, pretty. See, she's saying all. this on national television. <laughs> Now, with that out of the way, would you marry her? Yes, I'd marry her. Oh, no. You would marry, you would marry would, her today? I would marry her, yeah. That's a long pause. No, I mean, it was a long pause. <laughs> so you're saying you don't need the big wedding? No. You just, you want the ceremony. You, you want it to happen. The commitment. The commitment. All right. Now, do you hear that? You I can play this that, tape back for her. See, that camera right there is no, all over her. Now, hang on. I do hear that, but that's not what, what you have always <clears> been telling me. Is that you wanted to go and have this big wedding and, well, and it's not I like you're to just gonna to go you. downtown. We're gonna do something nice if we're gonna do it. Something special. Something, something special. Memorable. Right, nothing elaborate and huge. With that aside, that you don't have to have a big wedding, are you willing to marry her? Not in five years, not in three and a half years, not at the second fifth year anniversary. Yes. But you're you'd marry her right now. I'd marry her right now, yes. Yeah. You believe it? Because he knows that's what I want to hear. Are you saying that or do you mean that? No, I mean that. So, are y'all Baptists? Yeah, well, yeah. Is, is there a Baptist pastor in the house? <laughs> Come on down, let's do it. <laughs> there is a Baptist minister right here. So, you're saying. You're saying you'll marry her right now, right now. All right, uh, you come with me. Robin? Yes. Oh, I want you to go with Robin. Okay. Huh? How are you doing? I'm past you. There you go. I wouldn't do this if I didn't know you love this woman and you really wanted to marry her. She will never forget this. I know. She will never forget this. Okay, now we also booked a wedding photographer so Amber and Rich could look back on their I do's. And to complete the picture, there's a bouquet for the bride, wedding rings from Robin's brothers, Pastor Mike. Are we ready for this wedding? We are ready. Robin? Please be seated. 
We are gathered here to join in holy matrimony, Rich and Amber. And Amber, if you could give your flowers to Robin, and if you could hold each other's hands. Oh, I'm shaking. Repeat these vows after me. And Rich, you'll start. I, Rich, take you, Amber. I, Rich, take you, Amber. To be my wedded wife. To be my wedded wife. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. For better, for worse. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish. To love and to cherish. Forevermore. Forevermore. I here and now. I here and now. Pledge you my love and faith. Pledge you my love and faith. And Amber, if you could repeat these vows. I, Amber, take you rich. I, Amber, take you rich. To be my wedded husband. To be my wedded husband. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. For better, for worse. For better, for worse. For richer, for poor. For richer, for poor. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish. To love and to cherish. Forevermore. Forevermore. I here and now. I here and now. Pledge you my love and faith. Pledge you my love and faith. And you have tokens of these vows. And if you could, Rich, put this on her second finger. With this ring. With this ring. I thee wed. I thee wed. And Amber, Amber, putting it on his second finger. With this ring. With this ring. I thee wed. I thee wed. Well, Rich and Amber... Inasmuch as you said these vows one to another, and you sealed them in the giving and the receiving of the ring, it is the happy privilege of mine to pronounce you husband and wife. Can I kiss the bride? Thank you, Dr. Phil. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Also, we they, they can't just have a wedding, they've got to have a honeymoon, right? So So for a romantic honeymoon, we're gonna send Amber and Rich to Hawaii. Alright? They're gonna stay at the Hilton Hawaiian Village Beach Resort and Spa. We've been there. It is absolutely wonderful. It's located on 22 oceanfront acres on the island of Honolulu. And you're gonna be there for five nights, okay? And uh, this vacation includes round trip tickets. I mean, the whole deal, courtesy of Pleasant Holidays. All right, thank you. So there you go. All right, all right, you guys can walk right down the aisle here. All right, we'll see you backstage. That's one walk down the aisle. Next, we're going to meet a woman who's taken that trip seven times. Her kid said, if you're going to do this eight times, we want it to work. I'm going to tackle this commitment chaos when we come back. Every person I married, I thought it was going to be forever. I can't make commitment last. Honestly, if I didn't take marriage seriously, I wouldn't keep trying it. The first page of a book never tells the full story. 
And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Well, if you're having commitment issues, listen closely. Now, you could learn something from my next guest. Now, it's not that she won't make the commitment to get married, because she's done that seven times, and says she wants to know why she's so bad at marriage. I got married the first time. It didn't work out because we were very young. Husband number two was eight years older than I was, and he turned out to be extremely controlling. My third husband, we stayed married for about seven or eight years. I had two kids, and I just became restless, and I was going out, and I met husband number four. I sabotaged it. The fifth guy, we stayed married for seven, eight years, and the reason that we got a divorce is that I had an affair. After number five, I was then single for 10 years. Marriage number six came along when my daughter was in high school. I had decided that I was ready to be married again. He had some control issues and I fought for a divorce. Husband number seven, our fairy tale had come true. After we got married, there were some financial issues that came up from his past. I still want to believe in that happily ever after. Every person I married, I thought it was going to be forever, and I didn't think that it would end in divorce. Honestly, if I didn't take marriage seriously, I wouldn't keep trying it. Well, Jill's daughter, Emily, wants to know why mom keeps picking the wrong man. My mom's into the whole red roses, white wedding, Prince Charming, white horse, Cinderella story. I think people are kind of awestruck at first when they hear the number seven. I think that my mom's marital history impacted me when I started dating. It made me more cautious of who I chose. I wanted to find Mr. Right and only do it one time, and that's what I did. I think that the number of marriages that my mother has just kind of shows she views marriage maybe as less of a commitment than I do. I'm like 95% positive that my mom's going to get married again. I want to ask Dr. Phil why my mom doesn't choose the best of men. Okay, seven times. Yes. Are, Are you... Do you have learning disability or something? <laughs> no, I'm actually very smart. I have a yeah. college degree, graduated with honors. Um, I just really believe in it. I believe in marriage. I, I want it. Well, this is about commitment today. The show we're talking about is, is about commitment. And, you know, I ask Rich to make a commitment to get married. I want you to make a commitment to quit getting married. <laughs> I am so serious. You are not, you are obviously not ready to get married. Haven't you figured out that you just don't know how to be married? I figured out I don't know how to be married. Okay, we got that. Yes. Because what we got to do is there are some things you got to figure out before you get married again, or you're going to run this off in the ditch again, right? I mean, come on. Absolutely. And I can't look at all of it. Every time I looked at it, I looked at, I can't keep blaming this person or that person. The common denominator in that is one person. You're showing up at every train wreck. Right. (laughs) So okay. I want to figure I mean, out how to do this. Help me out here. Am I, am I running a red light here? Tell me. No, I, I think it's exactly right. And I think after the last one, she finally basically said, I need some help. What's your theory? I think I have a fear of abandonment, and I think I have a fear of being alone. And I think that I keep trying for that fairy tale 
family and that that love that I want. After the seventh one, I mean, I could tell that for a period of time I was depressed. I filled it with food or or drinking or or sleeping. I want to fix it. Yeah, when when you married number seven, mm -hmm. uh, did you tell him about one through six? Yes. When you married number six, did you tell him about one through five? Yes. Three, I've always been very honest. Yeah. With them up front. Did did that give them any pause? No. Because you've heard that old saying, I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member. Yeah, I've heard that saying. You know? If you step up to a guy and say, I've been married six times, but I would love to make you number seven. And he says, okay. <laughs> Don't you wonder what's the matter with him? My dad was a Baptist preacher, and I'm very strong about not wanting to be in a relationship if I'm not married to them. So you want to be an honest woman? Yeah. Seven times. <laughs> Okay, Emily says that mom's multiple marriages have affected her brother the most. Uh, we'll talk about his issues after the break, but I, I, I've got some questions here. We, we'll be back. started off today's show talking about a fairy tale of getting married, living happily ever after with the handsome prince. However, none of those stories have the princess doing that seven times. Now, Jill has done just that. And now her daughter, Emily, wonders if mom's multiple marriages have caused her brother to be a total commitment phobe. I think Lee definitely suffers from commitment chaos. Lee does not have a positive outlook on marriage. I think he views it as settling for less fun. I believe that marriage can be a very successful institution. No, I don't, I don't believe that. I would rather be single because it's more fun. My brother has a daughter and he did not marry the girl that he had his daughter with. He called it off and they ended up breaking up shortly after she was born. My daughter's mother was a beautiful, beautiful woman who really loved me and took care of me. And I messed it up. That's why I didn't marry her. I ran. I think my mom's relationships have impacted my oldest brother, Lee, by giving him a fear of commitment. I fear commitment in everything I do because I don't want to fail at it. It's a hardcore fear. Okay, so this is having some residual effects uh, on him. Right. You're concerned about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Are you concerned about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Okay, now, without giving me a lot of gory details, when these end... What's the common denominator of them ending? A lot of them ended because we didn't date long enough and so that uh, we, we got married very quickly. All right, there you go. That's one thing. What else? Um, so you learned something about them you didn't know before you got married? Absolutely. Very, very much okay, so. You get them home, get them unwrapped, go, whoa. Right. right. <laughs> so are you always kind of jumping into these quickly? Uh, some not. Some I dated for a couple of years and some, you know, I think a lot of them when I was young, a lot of the beginning ones were back to back to back to back, and then I had a 10-year period that I was single. People always say, well, you must be used to divorce. That must get easy, or you must not take marriage seriously, and that's not true. I take it very seriously, and it's like telling somebody, you must get used to death over and over again. You don't ever get used to that. Okay, and looking back, did you miss warning signs? Absolutely. Okay. So it isn't that there aren't warning signs. When you say she's picking the wrong guys. She dates with rose-colored glasses, and then when the marriage comes along, it starts going downhill. So she starts going out more, she starts drinking more, they create distance, and then they get divorced. So you're pouring alcohol on top of this? Sometimes. 
I do when I start, when I'm, when I'm happy, I'm in a relationship and I'm comfortable and I'm comfortable in myself. I'll look the best I have or whatever. And then the minute it starts getting bad, then I want to self-medicate, whether it's with alcohol or with food. All right, well, you know, the commitment here that needs to be made is a commitment by you to yourself to figure out how to live in this world where you don't feel like you need somebody else. Because you don't have to have somebody else to be whole. You, you don't have to have another person in your life in order to be happy. And you don't want to marry somebody where they have a job of fixing your pathology the day they walk down the aisle with you. What do you think then that makes me feel that void or feel like I, there's something that's missing there that I inside. No, I, I don't, I don't, you know, and I don't know about that. I think that's something that you need to discover, but I can tell you this. You have decided that the fix for your life is to get married. You've decided that the fix for your life is that somebody else needs to come in and validate you by saying, yes, I will marry you. I will live with you. I will stay with you. I will do all of that. You apparently need that in some way. And you've got to be, you've got to find out how to give that to yourself. What I do know is this. You have decided that your strategy for life, your strategy for being okay, is to be part of a couple. You know, out of all of this, we, we do know a couple of things. You have generated two wonderful, intelligent, delightful children here, right? Yes. So this hasn't been all a disaster. Well, I would say I've created three delightful. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just talking about the two I know. I didn't okay. want to mention that child because these children have to be here. But... Um, it hasn't been all bad. No, I mean, yeah. you have some terrific things here. When you feel that emptiness, when you feel that drive, you got to say, my pattern is to go find somebody to fill this void. And I don't think you're actually finding somebody to fill the void. I think you're finding somebody to distract you from the empty feeling. I, I would, I, that makes sense to me. You aren't marrying to fill a void. You are marrying to distract yourself from knowing, feeling the gnawing pain that you're feeling. What you've got to do now, your focus has to be to, to figure out, all right, what is it about me that is, is so empty that I am grasping at somebody to take my mind off of me? You are running from you. And let me tell you, there's a big difference when getting married when you, when you move towards something that you want and desire versus moving away from something that you don't like. It's made more sense to me than anything in my whole life because I kept thinking I'm marrying for the void and that's the distraction. You are not marrying for the void. You're marrying to distract yourself. Isn't it true when you first got married at those very young ages, you got married not because you wanted what you married, but because you wanted out of where you were? I wanted to be out on my own. I wanted to create exactly. my family. You were moving away from a situation instead of towards an individual. Right. He just happened to be in the window at the time. Right. You know, some poor guy driving by, <laughs> bang! <laughs> you are number two. <laughs> okay, you, you can't do that. You've got to say, I'm not going to use these people to distract myself. But I will make some resources available to you, some very specific exercises I want to give you, and I'll put those on drphil.com for those of you at home that are wanting to do the same thing. And then I will get you some help you. to figure this out. But you got to tell me you're not going to get married till you get this figured out again. I won't. That's I a commitment. I promise. I'm two for two. <laughs> Next, a mother who says she's to blame for her daughter's commitment issues. Is it too late to erase the damage? We'll be right back.
My daughter, Summer, has been engaged three different times to three different men. I tend to find fault in men. I start accusing them of things, of them cheating, because all men cheat. Once a man commits to Summer, then she becomes this crazy person. Closed captioning provided by... shows in front of a live audience and we have a great time here don't we everybody so if you want to be in the dr phil audience go to drphil.com and click on be in the audience or call 323-461-PHIL 323-461-7445 we'll see you right here been talking about weddings, marriage proposals, and the fear of commitment. Now, my next guest, Candy, describes her first marriage as lasting 18 miserable years. She blames herself for poisoning her daughters against men to the point that one of them calls herself the runaway bride. I believe my relationship with my ex-husband has damaged my children to the point that they cannot have a committed relationship or a trust-filled relationship. My daughter, Summer, has been engaged three different times to three different men. And I have called off all three of those engagements. If I ever do end up at the altar in a wedding dress, I may truly be the runaway bride. Once a man commits to Summer, then she becomes this crazy person. And she starts chasing them around, trying to watch everything they do to see if they're being unfaithful to her. I tend to find fault in men. I start accusing them of things, of them cheating, because all men cheat, and eventually they do prove me right. Summer's assumptions most of the time were off the mark. I was married to a man for 18 years. My daughters witnessed a lot of fighting. My mom, she wasn't treated with respect at all. They witnessed their father coming in all times of night. My mom and dad's marriage, taught me that I wasn't going to be able to trust a man. For a while there, I was a real man-hater. I blamed myself completely for their issues. You blame yourself? Yes, sir. Mm, you're not responsible. You shouldn't blame yourself. And you can certainly help your daughter get past these issues. Now, you got a chip on your shoulder about men, right? I absolutely do. You have a theory and that theory is get them before they get me. Right. I try to find fault in them before. How many engagements have you had? Three. How many have you broken off? All three. Because they got close. They got real close. Okay. And you realize that you may have burned your life partner. I mean, I do one of those that. guys might have been the person that you were going to spend the rest of your life with, happy and healthy and, and all, independent of what he did or didn't do. Right. Yes. Why do you say yes when they ask you to marry them? Oh, that's a hard question. I, I guess I do want the happily ever after, but once it gets close to that point, I get scared. I don't want to live a life that, that I saw my mom live. You've got what's referred to as an approach avoidance conflict. It's kind of like, this is what you want, and so you're moving towards it, and as you start getting closer, your avoidance takes over, it's okay back here. Want to get married in three years? Sure. Yeah, let's go down and pick out a ring. Let's tell everybody, yeah, that's fine. But the closer you get, the more you, the steeper it gets and you start avoiding. You start peeling off. I don't understand that because that is the only aspect of my life that I can't commit to. Everything else, I'm committed to. I'm a hard worker. I've committed to my career. I've committed to my daughter. But that is the only thing I'm not committed to. 
What would or you say if I to. told you it has nothing to do with them and everything to do with you, and I know what to tell you to change that? I would love to hear it. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell her when we come back. <laughs> DrPhil.com, brought to you in part by... Embarrassing scars? Preferon softens and smooths the skin to help improve the appearance of scars. Preferon can be used on new scars, old scars, and stretch marks. Preferon. Travel consideration provided by... CC's is celebrating penny picker-uppers everywhere by dropping one million special pennies outside our restaurants. Come and get them. to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. We're here with uh, Summer and Candy. Now, Candy blames herself for the commitment phobia in her daughter's life. I say not true. If anybody is the big influence here, it's your father, because he demonstrated for you the bad characteristics, according to y'all. That's just alleged. I don't know him. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But according to y'all, he demonstrated some real bad behaviors, and he's the most prominent male role model in your life. So you said, okay, this is this guy. Here's what he does. So I can generalize that to the rest of the population. But intellectually, you know that's not true, right? Well, well, yes and no. Um, I don't really blame anybody, but just like the friends I'm around, their husbands have cheated or their boyfriends have cheated. So I'm just like, why do I want to get into that sort of situation? I'm happy without somebody. I'm happy by myself, and I just don't want to get into that sort of relationship that it seems like everybody has. Okay, well, here's the deal. Let, let me just let's get to the bottom line here, okay? okay. There are no insurance policies with life. Right. So nobody's going to come along and give you a guarantee that nobody here in the studio and nobody at home got. There are no guarantees. And when you're getting these guys before they get you, what you're basically saying is I don't trust myself enough to not be a basket case and have my life destroyed if somebody doesn't perform exactly the way I think they need to. You think if you marry somebody and they're imperfect, they cheat on you or they do something, are you gonna like that? No, no, you're not but you'll be okay. I mean, under your theory, you shouldn't love anyone because they might die. And then you say, well, you know, why love your mother? She's older than you. Chances are she's gonna die before you do. But yet you love her anyway. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> what you need to focus on is you need to trust yourself enough for him, whoever him may be, to be less than perfect. Look at the strength of your mother. I said you weren't to blame. You can be a positive role model here. You survived and that you're okay. You need to have a talk with yourself about the fact that you're selling yourself short. Trust yourself to deal with the ups and downs of life. There are no guarantees, there are no insurance policies, and I know of no relationship that is a success-only journey. Trust yourself to handle it, okay? Okay. Someone else in this building had a ring in his pocket. Can proposals happen? I'll show you what I mean when we come back.
For more information on relationships, how to improve the one you're in, or rescue yours from the brink, log on to DrPhil.com. Yes, sir. Yeah, I have a special request. I'm here with my girlfriend, and I wanted to know if I could give her some affirming words. Hey, listen, that's what we're here for. You're the girl of my dreams. Yes or no? Yes. She said yes. I see the ring here. Oh, wow, you did well. Well, that was Joey proposing to Christina in our audience yesterday. So they're back. So how's the engagement going a day later? Oh, it's wonderful. We're really excited. Uh, well, I'm glad. Now, you look great. I mean, you look like a great young married couple, and you look so relaxed right now. I am. How, how do you feel right now? I feel happy to be married. So how do you feel? I feel complete. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. Go to DrPhil.com. There will be exercises in there from Relationship Rescue so you at home can see what tapes you may have running in your head. Do you have a chip on your shoulder about the opposite sex, about relationships? It's all about coming to it with peace from the inside out. Thanks for being here. So long. It feels wonderful to be married. I cannot believe I'm married right now. I never expected him to ever be able to commit finally. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be, but this is great. It's wonderful and we're happy. Dr. Phil, I just want to tell you thank you. Rich is a tough guy to get through to and we did it. Thanks, Dr. <laughs> Phil. Well, that was Joey proposing to Christina in our audience yesterday. So they're back. So how's the engagement going a day later? Oh, it's wonderful. We're really excited. Uh, well, I'm glad. Now, you look great. I mean, you look like a great young married couple. And you look so relaxed right now. I am. How, how do you feel right now? I feel happy to be married. So how do you feel? I feel complete. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. Go to DrPhil.com. There will be exercises in there from Relationship Rescue so you at home can see what tapes you may have running in your head. Do you have a chip on your shoulder about the opposite sex, about relationships? It's all about coming to it with peace from the inside out. Thanks for being here. So long.
feels wonderful to be married. I cannot believe I'm married right now. I never expected him to ever be able to commit finally. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be, but this is great. It's wonderful, and we're happy. Dr. Phil, I just want to tell you thank you. Rich is a tough guy to get through to, and you did it. Thanks, Dr. <laughs> Phil.